Hi, and welcome to the Forsaken Body Podcast, a show about overcoming the tendency of Christians to focus so much on the soul that they neglect the body. I'm Nikki DeLisi, and of course, I'm here with Lainey Greer, and we're so glad that you've joined us today for a new episode that hopefully will be super interesting and just a good conversation. Today, we're going to talk about plastic surgery. Yeah, I'm interested, honestly, to hear what you have to say (laughs) about all this stuff. So this is definitely bringing in our backgrounds. We're primarily relying on yours today from the medical side dealing with these body issues, but certainly this is a topic we have to address in a season on body image and particularly looking at negative body image. Yeah, it's kind of getting a little more into the details than the specifics, and this is just kind of one aspect of things. No idea really how many of our listeners out there are considering getting plastic surgery of any kinds. I mean, it's definitely becoming increasingly common as it's becoming probably increasingly a little bit more accessible. There's a lot of people out there doing it. We just felt like it was an important thing to address. I think it'll be good. And I think some people will be surprised actually to hear about some of even the newer phenomenons that have happened in recent years that are impacting the plastic surgery world. So let's jump in here, Nikki. Absolutely. Let's do it. I think the first thing we need to start out saying as we jump into this, you will probably be able to pick up of some of our opinions on this topic pretty clearly, but we do want to make it clear at the outset that we are not trying to be anyone's conscience on these issues. We did, and we did feel that they were important to address, and we will be very honest, but we are absolutely not the Holy Spirit in your life. And so we want to make that clear. We want to, yeah, just say that at the outset. Certainly, we are not trying to impart guilt on anyone. Perhaps some of our listeners have already had a plastic surgery of some sort. And by no means are we trying to, I mean, we did a whole episode on false guilt um, uh, last season. (laughs) Yeah. So we're not trying to change that around. But we did just want to address both some of the medical and scriptural principles that we feel and just information that we feel applies here. And then we'll say a little bit more about this at the end. But I think just on the outset, we'll also say that we're not totally referring to, well, not at all, I should say, referring to plastic surgeries um, that happen because of specific deformities or accidents or traumas or injuries or things like that. So just kind of wanted to say those things on the outset, just so you're not listening to the entire episode (laughs) through a filter of, but what about this? And what about this? And yeah. Yeah, I think that's helpful, Nikki. And before you start walking through the different types, what we're definitely hitting on are the types of surgeries that are pursued for aesthetic reasons. So to make your physical appearance uh, more pleasing to yourself or to be more pleasing to others. And generally, these surgeries are going to be driven by a negative body image. Yes. And so that is why we fit it in with this season, because they are directly related. And so we're trying to talk about it in connection to negative body body image and and how that applies. So Lainey, why don't you give us a couple of statistics here before we jump into the different types? Yeah, well, so globally, cosmetic surgery, like around the world, the market is is about $47 billion industry. Mm. That's an estimate for this year, but it's supposedly going to grow to $63 billion industry in 2027. Wow. Which again, that's around the world. So I, I guess that's a lot. And I would imagine that, you know, America, 
probably leads the way in that, but I guess I should have looked that up before I said that. (laughs) But certainly we know of some procedures that are done outside the country more often, and a lot of Americans leave the country to go get different procedures. So yeah, Nikki, a lot of money being spent on people changing their bodies, changing some part that they are dissatisfied with. Absolutely. And I think part of the reason for that, Lainey, I mentioned it's become a little bit more accessible. And the reason for that is because there's all kinds of different clinics and places that are doing these things. For example, in our country, in America, in Miami, Florida, there are a lot of different little centers that are doing various surgeries and they are more affordable. I mean, they still obviously cost quite a bit of money, but they're a little bit more in the stratosphere of your average person. If they save money, they save up for a little while, can afford it. And a lot of people will travel to a place like Miami and get things done. And so I think just the increasing accessibility that way has just increased the amount Mm -hmm. that we're spending on it. And we definitely, I see... Uh, some people that that have gone and done that even in my office and so on. We'll get a little bit more into that in a bit here. But anyway, so there are so many types of plastic surgeries, Lainey. Just tons. We cannot possibly touch on all of them today or explain all of them, but um, we'll we'll touch on some of the more common ones. Obviously, uh, one of the one of the most common ones is a nose job, <laughs> and for women, what we call a boob job, right? So like breast implants or lifts mm-hmm. or things of that nature. Things like liposuction or getting a little bit more extreme, something called a Brazilian butt lift, um, if anyone has has heard of that. And I'll get into explaining what that is in a little bit here. Also, interestingly, Lainey, apparently one of the more common plastic surgeries for women is called something called a blepharoplasty, where they take the fat pads on your eyelids and are actually removed and lifted. So kind of those those bags on your upper eyelids get removed. What? Yeah. On your upper eyelids? Yeah. I was thinking bags under your eyes. And I think it is actually both of those. Now that I I'm realizing that I just misspoke and I think it is primarily lower, but I have actually heard of, of things being done in the upper eyelid area as well. So, man, yes. So is that part of a facelift or is a facelift? totally separate. Well, and so, and that is where there's a lot of different things because you can actually get fat removal like in underneath your cheekbones. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that kind of facelift is kind of a broad category of things. So you can get, yes, like fat removal in your cheeks, skin lifted up, and then fat pad removal and skin elevation up in your forehead with various injections and things like that, which some of which are not actually surgery. Some are just injections. But there's, there is a whole host of things. I actually did a continuing education on this not too long ago. And I was honestly, Lainey, a little overwhelmed with all the information, especially just when it came to injections and things like that, when we talk about facelifts and such. So yeah. I, it, was, it was almost more information than I could swallow, to be honest with you. Well, even just the little bit that I was looking into it for, for this episode, which this is so not anything I've ever really checked out before. But one that really shocked me was what you're just discussing about removing like your cheek fat, buccal, right? Is that the buccal region? Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So like that's becoming a 
a more common one with women, especially younger women. So it's removing a fat layer between your cheek and jaw bones. To kind of give you that cheekbone, like pronounced uh, cheekbone look. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, everybody does a duck face or whatever when they take a selfie or you either suck your cheeks in. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's that look. But the thing about it is it's reversible. Like it may look great on you now, but in 30 or 40 years down the road, when your face has changed, when you've aged a lot more, you could end up looking like really gaunt and malnourished and it may not be a great look for you. So yeah. anyway, that was one I had never heard of before. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. It's so much. It's so much. Um, what about men? Like, what are what are some of the ones that men go for? Yeah, some of the ones that men will go for. So, like a hair transplant, often for like early balding, is something that they they will do. There is surgery that can be done on their ears, Lainey, called an otoplasty, because some men just have larger, more pronounced ears, and so surgery is done to sort of correct that. I guess make the ears smaller. <laughs> also, are you familiar with like cat? implants. So this was one that I did actually know about just because of being in like the the gym world and culture. A lot of bodybuilders actually will have calf implants because calves are a big deal as a bodybuilder, which, you know, like a lot of these, and I know you're going to get into some of the risk with these procedures, but you can have like lasting nerve damage or wound healing, like with, you know, calves, it may be like, okay, well, it's just a calf, but man, like it's, it's a bottom part of your leg. It's a backside. I just, you know, I know it's a big deal for some people. If you know how to train your calves, the personal trainer side of me would say (laughs) you have two different major calf muscles and you train the gastrocnemius standing up and you train the soleus by sitting down with your knees bent uh, and doing like a calf raise. So go for that. Try that out for several (laughs) months before getting your calf implants there. So while we're just talking about the calf implants, Lainey, one of the things that can happen is it cannot really be done perfectly. And you can actually, it's actually fairly common to have like a, they're not equal, right? Because yeah. mm -hmm. And so I think that a good overarching thing to say as we kind of address all of these surgeries, and I will tell you that I have seen it myself in the clinic so many times, is a huge percentage of the time, I do not know the numbers, but a huge percentage of the time, a lot of these surgeries end up not looking the way people were even hoping that they were looking. So some people might be somewhat happy with the results, but there's a lot of botching of some of these surgeries, especially at some of these places in Miami and places like that, that I, I've talked about. So like, let's just go over a few of them. So the nose job being a more common one, literally changing the shape of your nose, Lainey, sometimes they actually break your nose to get the results that you want. Not all the time, but sometimes. And so you can, I mean, you can only imagine. (laughs) And honestly, I mean, you can get things like a septal perforation. So the septum, which is that middle part of your nose that runs between your two nostrils, that can actually get perforated. You can end up having permanent difficulties with breathing, more frequent sinus infections. There can literally be nerve damage in your nose. And you're going to hear a lot of some of these same things as we go through them all, just because a lot of surgical risks are similar across the board. So, and, and again, I just... From conversations that I've had, again, I don't have numbers on this, but it's often not what you were hoping that it would be. <laughs> Another one, so let, like 
breast implants or breast lifts, things like that. I mean, obviously, any surgery where you're going undergoing anesthesia, there are various risks and uh, of just the, the anesthesia, you know, potential infection, things like that. With the boob job, it's actually kind of crazy, but uh, breast implants, you would think perhaps they put you at risk for breast cancer. Apparently, according to the research, it does not increase your risk for breast cancer, but it does increase your risk for an unusual lymphoma, which is a cancer of the oh, blood. I didn't that. Yes. Yeah. And so I was actually really surprised as I saw that, but there's a pretty clear link between breast implants and a lymphoma. When you talk about, say, a lift, I mean, Lainey, I have seen women in my clinic um, show me their breasts after a lift. And I mean, some of them have just had, I mean, again, the job has been botched. You know, their the nipple is all out of place. There's scar tissue there. And so, oh, that's so yeah, sad. yep. And then, you know, along the same lines, very similar things for like a tummy tuck, same idea. And I have had girls come to me back here in Louisville after being in Miami, getting a tummy tuck. All right. And I have literally had to send them to the hospital because of the necrosed skin and tissue growing out their surgical site. What? Okay. So like dead, yep. dead tissue. Dead tissue is necrosed tissue. Yep. And so, I mean, the, and then they can't even go back to their surgeon, right? Because they're surgeons in Miami. And <laughs> there are very real risks here. Wow. And I'm assuming that you have to sign all these waivers. Oh, for so sure. That if something like this does happen, you can't hold the doctor responsible. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Now, you might think something like liposuction, like, oh, well, that's just like, it's just liposuction. That's not a huge deal, right? That's not like really a surgery. <laughs> But it kind of is. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, you're literally getting a tube shoved into the desired area of fat removal and you are having fat suctioned out. Um, And it's... Yeah, Nikki. Oh, gosh. Sorry to interrupt you. No, please do. Like, I just, I think with all of these, I just had a thought, like, if you're considering maybe go and watch these on YouTube, because I have seen liposuction procedures, you know, just on TV, not in the room, but it was so just brutal. Aggressive, I know. Yes, aggressive. That's a good word. The way that the doctor was just like shoving that tube, you know, around somebody's abdomen or wherever they're having fat removed from. I mean, it was, it was hard to watch. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that kind of gets into one of the bigger risks of that surgery, Lainey, is what we call a fat embolism, which which is uh, like a clot of fat that can actually like get into your bloodstream, travel to your lungs, and, and kill you. Certainly being super aggressive like that, there's the potential for a puncture of some other, you know, internal thing. Obviously, risks of infection, all of those things, huge with potential with liposuction. Similar to liposuction and just more extreme, Lainey, is something called the Brazilian butt lift and wanted to address this just because it's actually becoming more common. And this is... It is. Yeah. I feel like I've heard, I've heard a lot of people like, this is the one people leave the country to go get. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's more sketchy and like, aren't a lot of deaths associated with this one? Yes. So from what I have seen, it is the surgery, the plastic surgery that has the highest fatality risk. This is literally where they take fat from your abdomen and then transplant it to your butt so that your butt is bare and your stomach is supposedly 
flatter. So, but <laughs> when you really think about it, I mean, the biggest risk is is a clot. Again, a, a fat embolism is the most uh, most likely thing. Again, tissue necrosis, which is tissue death, which can be, if not fatal, cause significant long-term issues, potential hospitalization. I mean, you think of a, you know, a foot that has gangrene, you know, which is tissue death, necrosis of the tissue, and that can lead to hospitalization, death, amputation of a limb. Same principle applies. Yeah. A lot of times there is scarring. Again, with all of these things, even like the the breast things that I spoke of and the liposuction, you know, a lot of times there's there's scarring that just, it doesn't look right. So you might perhaps have the shape you want, but then there is scarring there. That's just not, not ideal. Yeah. I, I was just looking up. It was, um, it was earlier this year. It was a Brazilian model. The headline in the New York Post is, woman dies after botched back straight butt fillers. And the quote was that she sought perfection. So she had had like a lift in 2013 and was apparently fine. But as years went on, she grew dissatisfied with it. So she went through a second procedure by somebody who didn't have the right qualifications for a Brazilian butt lift, which is also called a, a gluteal augmentation, which I which I read. And I don't mean to laugh about that. I'm talking about this, this woman passing away. But yeah, just really... I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking. And especially like you, you mentioned her reasons for it. Yeah, yeah. Seeking perfection. Yeah. And we'll get into more of that in a little bit. But yeah, you know, Lainey, I am a a nurse practitioner here. I I by no means am I trying to make myself an expert in these things, but I've never worked in plastic surgery or surgery at all. But for sure, there are massive risks associated with any surgery. I mean, this is this is why even surgeries that would be good for your health or, or for certain things, that's why doctors don't always recommend surgery, even if when it's something actually related to your health. Like, for example, hernias. Like, we don't always fix hernias. If they're not causing problems, we don't put someone through surgery because of the risks. They are not, I mean, so many risks, Uh, you know, orthopedic surgeries have their risks. You know, I I mean, I have even a friend recently who had a shoulder surgery, young guy, healthy guy, uh, had a tear got surgery, nearly died from a blood clot. So, and again, that was, you know, that was kind of a necessary surgery, right? He had a a significant shoulder injury. But, you know, my point is like, again, like surgeries are just not without their risks. And so, you know, a lot of times we weigh the risk benefit, even when, you know, there would be medical benefit to getting a surgery. That's why sometimes in injuries, we recommend physical therapy before undergoing surgery and so on and so forth. Please don't think that these things are just benign. There are very, very real risks associated with them. Yeah, that's a helpful reminder. So Nikki, let's talk about one more factor, I guess, in pushing kind of plastic surgery and and the growth in terms of like worldwide, how much is spent. So have you ever heard of Snapchat dysmorphia? (laughs) No. So I saw this in your notes, Lainey, and I was like, what is this? So no, I had not. Yeah. I mean, Nikki, this is just, this is insane. And in previous episodes we've talked about, you know, just the influence of social media on negative body image. But this this is just right, you know, in our face, literally. So Snapchat dysmorphia is characterized as a body image disorder where someone has the need to heavily edit their appearance on social media. You know, there's just this obsession with filtering your image 
specifically on Snapchat, but it can certainly be done on other social media platforms. And so they they go to these plastic surgeons because they want the image on their phone to match their real face. So this is, I mean, it's even experts are growing uh, to be more concerned and worried about, you know, the negative effect that it's having on people's self-esteem and how it's potentially triggering body dysmorphic disorder, which is a mental illness that's classified on the obsessive compulsive spectrum. So like take Snapchat, you know, I I don't have Snapchat, but I I know a little bit about it from friends and sisters having it. But I, I know that on that app, you can have what, 20 filters? It may be even more at this point, 20 filters that you can go back and forth to put your appearance forward as something that it's not in real life. So you can add silly things like flowers and uh, puppy face. I know my my nieces love that one. But when it comes to like changing the structure of your face, making your eyes look different, changing things about your skin, that's the stuff that people go into plastic surgery offices wanting. And Nikki, one more layer to this, (laughs) this is also something thing that was new to me. There is an app that you can get for $3.99. It's called Facetune. Face. Have you ever heard of that? Facetune. Facetune. Right. So it says, this is a quote. This is from a Washington Post article. It has a host of editing tools such as teeth whitening, the ability to make a person's forehead, nose, or waist smaller. The application has been lauded as the Photoshop editing job uh, in the palm of your hand. It's even been called magical. So like, how much is that going to drive somebody's negative body image if they've gotten so obsessed with filtering their pictures on social media? Some A doctor in the article even refers to people who are really obsessed in these ways as beauty sick. And she says, when you are beauty sick, you cannot engage with the world mm. because between you and the world is a mirror. And it's a mirror that travels with you everywhere and you can't seem to put it down. So, man, Nikki, just... <laughs> Well, and I think just having the ability to do something like that, like with Facetune app or whatever it is, or Snapchat, and because we have these tools that we didn't have before, you know, it makes you more and more discontent when you're like, oh, wait, like, that's what I could look like. Let me, maybe I want that to be more than just my filter. You know, I'm going to try to make that be me. That is a dangerous road to go down, but for sure, not, you know, physically, emotionally. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Lainey. I mean, I have Instagram and Facebook. I will throw a filter on there, but uh, (laughs) it's making, it's making me, making me question even doing that. (laughs) Again, again, you know, back to the caveat at the beginning, we're not saying that using a filter is wrong. It gets down to motives, which in just a second, we'll talk through kind of wisdom as a believer when we Mm -hmm. think about these things, but just to kind of put a bow on this Snapchat dysphoria stuff. So in 2017, well, let me back up. So typically plastic surgeons used to get people coming in who would have a picture of a celebrity that they wanted to look like, whether it was fix their nose to look like Jennifer Aniston's nose or whatever it was. But now over like 50%, 55% of surgeons, they say that the patients who come in are requesting surgery to look better in their selfies, which that survey was done in 2017. And that was a 13% increase from the year before. So I mean, here we are, what, six years later? And that was their sole motivation to look 
bitter and yes. salty. My word. Yeah. And how much more pervasive, you know, is social media today? So, I mean, you know, Nikki, when it comes back, like what that lady said about constantly having a mirror that travels with you mm. everywhere you go and you can't seem to put it down, you know, that's just a sobering reminder of, of the fact that anything that makes you constantly aware of whatever perceived flaw you think you have, that is, that's going to exacerbate and accelerate negative body image. It's going to increase internal stress. It's going to lead to worsening emotional and mental health, and then even potentially create, you know, physical consequences where you're doing harm to yourself, where you're pursuing, you know, lots of plastic surgery, maybe it leads you to an eating disorder, Um, but it starts somewhere. And it's easy to laugh in the moment at the absurdity of some of this, but like Lainey said, it really is actually quite sad and quite sobering. So as a believer, just to walk through a few points here, like if you are considering plastic surgery, maybe unpacking some of these things will be helpful for determining like if you have a God-honoring motive uh, behind getting it or not, or if it's being driven by a negative body image. Yeah, so like Nikki said, the caveats are out there. Like if there's some kind of disfigurement, if there has been an accident, difficulty breathing, like breast cancer, burns, like there are so many reasons that certainly I I don't think believers would think twice about having plastic surgery to correct something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And and we thank God for the plastic surgeons like that he's given us to to be able to help people in those situations. And also, I think another caveat, Lainey, that just kind of came to my mind is certainly we are not saying that it is wrong. I mean, well, again, we are not trying to be anyone's conscience at all here, but we're also not, you know, saying that it is wrong to enhance your appearance, seek to enhance your appearance at all in any way, shape or form. You know, I mean, if, if we said that, we would have to say it's wrong to put on makeup. It's wrong to get your hair highlighted or, you know, any any number of little things that we might do on the daily that are, I suppose, meant to enhance the way that you look. So we are not saying that that either. But again, first of all, we're, we're kind of addressing more major things here. And then secondly, just really encouraging every, everyone to look at their hearts on these things. Yeah. I mean, you know, with plastic surgery, it's just taking a step further yeah. because you're adding in, you know, a lot of cost there, a lot of financial burden, potentially. You're bringing in some risks that may or may not otherwise be there, you know, risk to your physical health. So another question I think believers could ask themselves is the surgery really, am I seeking it to bring me contentment? If if you're not happy without having it, that getting that surgery may or may not change that happiness because you're you're putting your contentment in something that as Christians, we're not supposed to put our, find our joy and satisfaction and contentment in, which is physical things that aren't going to last. And I think that the evidence would show that that really is often the case, you know, like that, that one person you talked about who, who ended up dying because she wasn't satisfied. She she was getting surgery done did not bring her contentment or joy. Yeah. And it ended up costing her her life. Yeah. Another one, Nikki, is just the consideration of being a good steward of money. You know, is it is it a wise use of the resources that God has given you? Again, it's not, not to be legalistic, but this is just a consideration that believers should have. And certainly, you know, that could be an indication that your physical appearance has become an idol to you, depending on the amount of time and resources and, you know, money that you're devoting to your 
meeting some kind of worldly standard or ideal for your physical appearance. Absolutely. And I mean, and we are on the subject of money. I mean, even though there are things that have become increasingly affordable, we, you know, we are talking about usually in the neighborhood of at least several thousand dollars for any of these things. And yeah, it is certainly worth it to just sit down and evaluate that. And yeah, you know, like we said, it plastic surgery, it, it is a little bit more drastic than something like putting on makeup. And so, yeah, just just evaluating like to, to what has this become an idol in in my heart. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Lainey, I think is, is a really important thing to say. Yeah, just a couple other maybe long-term things to think about too is just for your own health. Mm-hmm. Like, are there going to be, am I assuming, you know, any long-term potential health consequences here by getting this procedure? Because then you'd have to weigh, you know, is is it really worth worth the risk that I'm assuming here? And then two, how is it going to impact others? Mm. So if you if you do have kids, you know, what what is the message that's being communicated uh, to them or to other women in your life? And, and, you know, again, this is not just a female issue. There are men who have negative body image and who seek out plastic surgery. But certainly, I think the ones that definitely put women more at risk, like the Brazilian butt lift, these these are ones that women are getting. I, yeah. I'm sure there's probably a guy out there that's gotten a butt lift. Um, but <laughs> I, I imagine it's mostly women. And we talked a little bit about that when we were talking in one of our previous episodes, just about, you know, you even utilize, you know, your use of social media and pictures and stuff and consider the impact that it has on your daughter or younger woman in your life that you might be mentoring, just things like that. Again, just these are just considerations where you might like, I feel okay about this for myself, but what is my, you know, prioritizing this? What message does that communicate to the other people in my life? I think it's just a really important thing to consider. Yeah. And then Nikki, I guess two more thoughts here and then we can we can uh, start wrapping this episode up. But because women are, I wish we would have looked up the statistic on this. Maybe you can do this as I'm <laughs> saying this, but I, yeah. you know, women are probably more likely to get plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? I think so. So just, you know, husbands, if you're listening to this, men encourage other men in your life. Like if, if your wife is struggling with her physical appearance, especially after having kids or even with just the natural physiological changes that are often associated with going through menopause, Mm. really recognize her struggles there and encourage her with truth, encourage her from the word don't let her dwell on lies that the world pushes. If you notice that social media is causing more negativity in the way that she thinks about herself or talks about herself, you know, maybe sit down and help her see these things. Because certainly if if a wife perceives her, her body negatively because she's just had, you know, her fourth child or whatever, and if the husband is one, not doing anything to help her with that, but also potentially making comments or doing things to make her negative body image even even worse than you know, I, I just think that's a point where husbands and wives can help each other. And certainly that can go in the opposite direction. You know, like you mentioned, men who are balding, getting hair transplants. 
you know, that's fine. But if, if the wife isn't being encouraging to the husband on that, or if she's exacerbating those issues, that's just a point for believers to help each other there. Yeah, Lainey, I just looked up those statistics and it seems that it ranges between 90 and 92% of all cosmetic procedures in the United States are done on female patients. That's, that's more than I, I know. More than I, I it was actually more than I thought too. Men accounting for about 8%. So in for future episodes, when we start walking through scripture to deal with negative body image, we will definitely spend a lot of time in 1 Corinthians 6, but the final verse there in that chapter, verse 20, just talks about how um, believers are to glorify God in their bodies. And, you know, if we were to throw out one verse that maybe could be a good filter for helping you discern whether or not you should have some sort of plastic surgery procedure done, I think this this verse, it's, it's a really overarching verse for everything that we do. But, you know, if if you are not seeking to deal with your negative body image, image issues first with scripture and by desiring to glorify God in the way you think about your body, you know, getting a surgery, fixing whatever it is in your physical appearance, that way, that's not going to fix the core heart issue there that's driving those desires. So, you know, I just encourage believers to think through those decisions with 1 Corinthians 6.20 in mind of, am, am I glorifying the Lord in my body by pursuing these things, by potentially opening myself up for the risks, you know, associated with this procedure? And again, that that's between you and the Holy Spirit. Um, but honestly, putting that before the Lord, I think is important. Amen. That is well said. And I think a great note to end on. So we hope this was helpful just on a number of different levels. Uh, for you all. And even if it's nothing you've really thought of before, or this is not a temptation for you, just hope some of the principles were helpful. We're grateful you listened and hopefully everyone will join us again next time. And we'll look forward to continuing to jump into body image. And we'll be talking specifically about how the world deals with negative body image in our next episode. So please do join us then. Please do share it with others. And in the meantime, have a wonderful day, everyone. 